In running long distances, you're running, not against the other runners, not against time. You're running against yourself. Finishing a long distance is a state of mind that says anything is possible. How much time we got? About three quarters of a mile. Like, as in, do we have seven minutes left for two hours? You're not going to do that. Just what get through it. One runner in this race has a unique struggle on her hands. That runner is Katie Cook. Colin. Oh dear. Oh. Okay. Katie has epilepsy. It's okay, she's having a seizure. A no, it's okay, I'm a doctor. Yeah. I'm her doctor. She's having a seizure. Yeah. So she, she has a few during the race. Yeah. She's, gonna, she's gonna come around now yeah. and she's gonna get up. Yeah. Every time she runs, she has seizures. It's okay, I've got her, I've got her. Yeah. No, no, no. But it doesn't stop her running. It's August 2016. Katie's hoping to run the Dublin City Marathon for a second time this year with her running partner, Colin, her neurologist. Part of the preparation for that race will be the half marathon in September in the Phoenix Park. With seven weeks to go, she's training hard. I'm just after a gym session and it went, it went well, I would say. Um, Definitely there's a bit to go for seven weeks if I want to be able to push myself. Her commitment to running has transformed her life. If you'd met me like two years ago, I'd be like a completely different person. Um, so like two years ago, I wasn't functioning. I wasn't able to get out of bed. I wasn't able to like do anything for myself. I was always tired and couldn't really speak properly. and. Nothing, like my mom was dressing me and showering me and everything. And it, running has gotten rid of all of that. Like it sounds crazy, but it has like, if I don't go to gym or run most, almost every day, I will feel myself slipping back into the tiredness and dizziness and like fogginess that my brain had back then. Katie lives with her mum, Nicola, in a modest first floor apartment just off the M50 in Cherrywood, South Dublin. So how much do you think, like, to get your hair done would be? An upstyle? Yeah, just, like, not, like, washing my Katie's hair having a busy summer. Well, like, I'll not get anything done, just... Yeah, they're making money on that. She sat her leaving cert. What? She's had holidays away with friends. She has her Debs coming. Shop around online. Did you not hear what I just said? It's been hectic. Family tree hasn't gone away, I don't know what that is. There was no clue when Katie was younger that she would develop a serious brain disease. She enjoyed a carefree childhood. Yeah, she was a happy kid. Uh, she was a shy kid. And really there was, n there was nothing, um, nothing certainly noticeable when Katie was, was younger. When Katie was eight, she changed schools. It was around this time that Nicola noticed changes in Katie. Definitely there was anxiety around that change. You know, she was really excited but shy and nervous, but really happy to be in a classroom with 28 kids all of a sudden, you know, girls and in a uniform. And, um, you know, it was a very exciting time. 
unfortunately, this is when the epilepsy started to um, to erupt, I suppose. It really did just erupt. My first lots of seizures actually were uh, banging on tables, kicking, screaming, punching, slapping, everything that would not go with my ordinary personality. So like, people knew something was wrong. But um, it definitely didn't look like a seizure. So people, doctors, family started to assume anxiety disorder, panic attacks, or looking for attention. The seizures were manifesting in a way that certainly I knew nothing about epilepsy and I'd never read anything about epilepsy. It never even crossed my mind that there was something going on in the brain. Um, I just thought there's this weird things happening that Katie is telling me about in the class, like she's slapping her hands down on the, the desk. Like I was only eight and I didn't know what was going on and I was scared, like I couldn't control it. Like I'd be in the middle of maths class and I'd get this feeling, I knew it was coming this overwhelming surge of uh, awkwardness and vulnerability just surging up through my body into my head and I knew it was gonna happen. I'd be like, oh crap, not this again. I can't, no, please don't do it right now. And the first few months were awful. Like obviously after that, no one wanted to be my friend. Like I was going around punching people and banging tables in the middle of class. I'd like, who wants to be like friends with that freak? So. <laughs> Running for Katie is a daily habit, a way of controlling her body, a body that so often controls her. I, I like to kind of have the image of normality. I, I like to kind of pretend that I live a little life as normal as everyone else, and then kind of, bam, seizure, bam, hospital. It's fab. <laughs> so what does it feel like to have an epileptic seizure? Your whole body is like shaking, like you can feel your muscles. All of your muscles, you can feel them like jumping and squidging together. It feels like everything's been sucked out of you. Can't breathe, can't control anything. And like seriously, if you're a person with control issues, it's an absolute nightmare. Cause like every day you lose control, every single day and you, you have to be able to accept that at some stage. It's easy to misunderstand epilepsy. What's normally thought of as a seizure, dropping to the ground and shaking, is only one type. Tonic-clonic is when you fall down, you shake all over, foam at mouth, usually your eyes roll back and you're un unresponsive, unconscious, usually lasting one to two minutes. And you would know it's a seizure if you saw that, so that's fine, but I would say most people that have epilepsy, they have partial seizures. And it's mad that people only know about the tonic-clonic ones and not the partial ones. It's a hot August day in Dublin. Katie and Nicola are on their way to St. James's Hospital to meet Katie's consultant. Katie's been making visits to various hospitals over the past 10 years. While waiting for her neurologist, Dr. Colin Doherty, Katie suddenly loses focus and appears dazed. I push no, it down, might no, be better. No, no, no. Okay. No. With some of the partial ones, she starts walking. Yeah. She uh, doesn't want me no, touching her. No, I will no,
this much. Yeah, it's having more stages. Yeah, Epilepsy is a brain disease that affects 1% of the population, about 40,000 people in Ireland. So probably the best analogy to describe it is, so the brain is made up of billions of small batteries. That's Katie's neurologist, Colin Doherty. They're a little like Duracell batteries. You can imagine a billion batteries in your brain. And what happens is those batteries are firing all the time. So every time you're sitting here listening to me, talking, thinking, walking, exercising, playing sport, your brain, these little batteries are firing. What happens in epilepsy is a population of those batteries, somewhere in the region of 100,000 of those batteries, will fire together all at once, causing an uncontrollable change <coughs> in the person's behaviour. So in Katie's case, she'll lose awareness of the environment, she'll fall to the ground, she'll have some jerking movements that may last two to three minutes. Most people would think of a convulsion or a fit as being you know, the most obvious form, but there are lots of little subtle forms uh, that people have. Katie's are quite obvious. Um, now, what's a typical number of seizures to have? God, anything from, you know, one a year, which is obviously very mild, right up to what Katie has, which is somewhere in the region of 12 to 15 seizures a day. And so Katie's like, we call her the, um, the Man City or the... The special uh, kind. The arsenal of uh, <laughs> epilepsy. She's in the Premier League <laughs> of epilepsy, you know. Colin is not only Katie's neurologist... For the past two years, he has also been her running partner. He's seen firsthand what running has done for Katie. The fact that you're so healthy and so fit is one of the things that you have hugely in your favour because it allows you to, it probably is part of why she recovers so quickly and she has such good stamina to, to exist with this condition. And I think that's all been given by the running, you know. Um, yeah, I think we would certainly think twice if we thought it caused them. Um, there is a question of whether you might overexert yourself at some point that could be wrong. But again, no, like you have to understand that Katie is a very serious runner. I mean, she trains properly. Like when I go out in the marathons and I, I see 22-year-olds who are fit, you know, these young fellas think they can do a marathon. They've never done one before. And you know at mile eight, they're dying because they've never trained for one. So Katie has trained well. She knows exactly what she's doing. And um, no, I'm very confident that this is a pos really positive uh, experience for her. While medication works well for most people with epilepsy, Katie is one of those who suffer severe side effects. Her doctors have to try balancing a reduction in seizures against the effects of the medications. But Katie found a way to deal with the side effects by taking to the track. Despite having so many seizures every day, Katie still manages to run competitively and she posts some very good times. She can run five kilometres in under 17 minutes. So we're in Kilpoga Park at the moment. Katie's performances are a product of hard training. Going for approximately around a 6K run with speed training. Um, we're now on the 12th, which is a Friday, and we're down to a month for race day. Um, so I'm going to do two laps of uh, the track for warm-up and then I'm going to do around about three and a half K and then I'll do speed training which will probably be around three laps of the track sprinting. I run with music, um, like uplifting house music, a relatively fast beat that kind of pumps you and you know thinking you can do absolutely anything in this world. Right, 
Let's do this. From the age of nine, Katie's condition kept getting worse. She was having more and more seizures. One particular night, Nicola and Katie ended up in hospital. When it happened again on, on a Halloween, I think she was almost 10, um, she started, it was like a hallucination with a seizure. I just got her in the car and I drove to Crumlin Hospital. Katie's condition continued to baffle her mum. After so much worry and confusion, it was on this trip to Crumlin, Katie was finally given her diagnosis. Frontal lobe epilepsy. Um, the word epilepsy was alien. I don't think our family knew what it was. I'd like sure nowadays people know what it was. Like someone has a cousin or a friend or a cat or a goldfish, I don't know, that has it. But back then, I don't know. I don't think we did know what it was. An MRI and... CAT scans and, you know, EEGs were massive words to us. Katie and Nicola's world began to revolve around illness and coping with it. Life developed into a pattern of medication and dealing with the side effects. Bed became a place that Katie needed more and more. Um, and certainly then when she entered the tricky puberty years, we were heading into the hospital more often, just unannounced or from the GP going, look, there's these problems and we're not really, she's not coping with them. She's in bed more. She's functioning less well. She's not staying awake some days and that would go on for days. Katie's quality of life became so poor that a visit to hospital in 2012 turned into an eight-month stay. We made the decision that it was bothering me too much, you know, a couple seizures a week dizziness, not really being able to make it into school that much. That was probably the point where everything went downhill. Katie became seriously ill and experienced a number of severe psychiatric episodes connected with her epilepsy. To cope with this, Nicola started to keep diaries. Here she reads a passage from them. Katie is suddenly confused. She's getting stuck on her words, repeating them, is plucking, twitching at her clothes. This lasts around one minute and ends in her crying, no, he's back, continually. She starts screaming, no, I won't do it. No, you can't make me do it. And starts violently trying to choke herself. I hold her arms, but she is extremely strong and I find it very hard to keep her hands away from her face and neck continues for around 20 minutes before a nurse arrives at which stage I'm hardly able to restrain her. Several times she got her hands around her neck um, with an unnatural strength. Katie continues to cry, no I won't do that, I won't, I won't and also I don't want to die. This changes to mommy you have to let me try or he won't go away. In an attempt to understand what was going on in Katie's head, an occupational therapist gave Katie paints and a blank sheet of paper. She's looking back at some of those paintings. Everything's brown and black and there's tablets all over it, like kind of blodges you can see that are tablets. Um, and there's this man, like the shadowed man that I used to see um, would be like one of my main hallucinations where this shadowed man would just kind of come for me. Um, and then there's a grave here 
which I don't know if that's me lying in it or I don't know, um, with loads of scattered tablets around it. I can't relate to the painting that's in front of me because I don't feel like that right now. Like, for the person that I am and the people that know me and to look at something like this, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. It doesn't seem the same. In April 2013, Katie came home from Crumlin and that was hard for both of us. Katie's physical condition had become so bad that she was no longer able to walk when she left hospital. You know, she was in a wheelchair when she was having seizures. They could be particularly aggressive, um, the seizures at the time. She certainly couldn't remain in a wheelchair having a seizure with you just gently holding her. You would have to unsnap her, her belt or it would literally restrict the blood flow in her tummy and lift her onto the ground. Through rehabilitation, Katie slowly learned how to walk again. Um, so we did have months of rehabilitation at home of, of just the small things, you know, the small things mattered. And when she did eventually stand up, it wasn't one day I'm standing, it was a slow, slow progression. And the steps, the first steps, she had the biggest smile on her face. Those steps became strides as Katie went from learning to walk to starting to run. Somewhere along the line, someone told me that I can't run or I can't walk or I'd never be able to do these things again. And it was so, like, fixated in my head. I used to run before I got really sick, not, like, properly, but I knew it was, like, a stress reliever. Kind of how it started, like, it was a, like I'd go for a small run. And it gradually just built into this thing that I would just be doing every day. Preparing for races gives Katie a focus. It's a month before race day. Katie is back on the track trying to get her fitness levels to where they need to be for the race in September. Just did 3K. Um, trying was trying to do it sub four, but we just made 4.10, which isn't great. I assume it's because I did the first round a little bit slower than usual. Um, but yeah, no, I'm feeling fine. Just rest for about two minutes and then I'll start sprints. Um, so I usually, before I start sprints, I always rest if I've done a long run because the blood goes to my head really fast then once you start sprinting straight afterwards. Um, so that's more for me the time I have seizures. While Katie's epilepsy is extreme in the number of daily seizures, its location in the brain means that she's able to recover quickly after a fit. Katie is doing some sprint training. All of a sudden, she veers off the track. Eyes roll and she drops to the ground. For Katie, running is not a treatment for epilepsy, but a way of coping with a serious illness. Okay. That happened so quick. I know. Right, come on. Let's go. No time to rest.
Running elevates her heart rate, which causes more seizures. But for Katie, the benefits are worth it. And it's kind of my way of dealing with certain things because I don't really talk about, like, a lot of things I don't like talking about all the time, like, you know, seizures, illness, blasts. Like, it helps with my mental state and dealing with the seizures, but it, it causes more seizures with heart elevation and breathing um, and all that sort of thing. So there's an up and there's a down. It's Wednesday, August the 17th, but this is no ordinary Wednesday. Like 50,000 other Irish teenagers, Katie is waking up to face the dreaded Leaving Cert results. Like, it didn't really register for ages. Like, I think it's just I woke up this morning and I was like, shit. She's hoping to get enough points to study at UCD in September. But I didn't sleep, not really. I haven't been sleeping well anyway, but I didn't sleep properly. No, no, I don't want to leave. Oh. I'm panicking! Let's go. <laughs> Katie and her mum take the short spin over to Cabinteely Community College to collect Katie's results. And this is the envelope that we're not going to open, it's just gonna. <laughs> okay. She is I nervous. I can't do it. I'm just. Can I just go for a walk or something? Okay. Grant. I'm going to see that grass over there. Mm. It's where I'm going. Hello. Hey, I'm not opening mine. Okay, I'm going for a walk fine. by myself. I'm just going to get... Okay. Good luck. I'll be back in five minutes. Yeah, don't, don't have seizures on there. I'm not going to have people seizures. maybe stay here. No, no. Nope. I'll be back then. There's a tense wait while Katie opens her results. Every day going to the exams. Every day on bad days. Many bad days. Katie would... Her mantra would be to get in the car and play her music, just, just the music, you know? Nicola is nervous while she waits for Katie. I know that she wants to be in a particular course with her peers in September in UCD and no matter what way you tell her, she can get to UCD in roundabout ways. Um, she will need time if she's upset to be upset. And uh, she is only 19 and at 19 you don't have that so, you know, you don't think that way. You just want what you want, <laughs> you know. And that's okay too. It's okay. <clears throat> and in September she has, you know, she has other options. She's been accepted into two sports management courses, two PLC. Oh, God, here she comes and she looks upset. I feel mad. Come on, come on, come on. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I was so close, I got honours and everything else. I got an A in history. I was so close. It's a hurry. been a bad day for many students. So, I'm so mad at myself. Maths results were down and this affected Katie's top choice of a university course to study sports management.
okay. She's going to be upset, you know. That's part of life. Katie's had disappointments, really big ones. And she's overcome them, you know. And we'll just be there for her. Katie's seizure patterns have varied over time. At the moment, she has about five during the day. That's an improvement on her recent past. However, at night, Katie has up to 10 violent seizures. She agreed to record herself for one night. It's 1.37 and I'm gonna try to get some sleep. Barely an hour into sleep, Katie is already experiencing her second seizure. The seizures continue until early morning. No, that's uh, like I wanted that tight. I don't want it rubbing. It's three weeks after the Leaving Cert results. Nicola is helping Katie get ready for that other teenage rite of passage, her boyfriend's Debs. This is my first Debs. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Um, oh, that's one of them. Okay, wish. Come in. Here, we're trying to put shoes on. Hello. This is British. Hi. This is Bob. This Hi. is my mother trying to put the shoes oh, on. Your makeup is not I know. I have a job for you because I have to run. I'm Can you do my shoes? As well as friends, Nanny and Grandad have come to see the dress and wish her well. Hi, Nanny. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Look how gorgeous oh. she is. Hi, Hi. I'm here. I see you, Daddy. Hi. I see you. Do I look okay? Oh, you look gorgeous. Oh, wait, I don't think that would fit me now, would it, Kate? No, Nan, it wouldn't. No, you stop laughing, Mrs. Amber. Amber. I know, Amber. She, she knows who I am. I love Good to see you. I'm oh, sorry. Hello, Grandad. Katie has a special bond with her grandparents. Herself and Nicola lived with them when Katie was younger. I think so. So you have to excuse her. Friends Amber and Lucy have been with Katie in good times and bad, and at this stage have seen countless seizures. 
To them, it's completely natural. Like once uh, we were in Dunier and this man rang an ambulance and was like to me, talk to them, talk to them, talk to them. And I was like, she's really, she's fine. So I hung up. <laughs> we don't even really help Katie. We just let her do her thing. And then like just, I always like, if she falls down beside me, I just like stand her. Like it, I might seem like really like, um, like if you saw me, it looked like I was being selfish. Like I just go on my phone. But I mean, you can't like really help her. Like she's just doing what she does. And then I'll just give her a hand up and then we just like keep going. Okay, are you guys okay for two seconds while I get the clutch ready? Yeah, do you feel everything? I feel, yeah. I'm really worried someone is going to stand on it or I'm going to have a seizure yeah, or... That probably will happen. No, but like I'm going to have a seizure and I don't know how I'm going to manage that. I love the ears. I mean, you'll be fine. Oh, those were the lyrics. Well, it's been a long time, long time, love, Since I've seen you Having such a busy year means Katie hasn't had as much time for training. But as part of her preparation for the half marathon, she gets an opportunity to meet up with one of her running heroes, cross-country legend Katrina McKiernan. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good to see you. How are you keeping? I'm good. good yeah. Do you want 1650 something? Yeah, 1652. Where was that? That was the... What are your tips for like doing something like that when it gets like really hard? Like what, what do you do? Yeah, well, like, you know, the, I think to start off with, before you even start the marathon, get it into your head that it is going to be hard or indeed any race you run. Yeah. They're all, they're all going to be hard. And I say that to children as well. If you understand beforehand that this is going to be hard, when, the, when it gets tough, then you've accepted it at that stage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that then you've already accepted that this, this is meant to, meant to be feeling horrible. It's a good training session for Katie and Katrina is impressed. As they reach the end of their session, Katie gets a warning sign that she's about to have a seizure. You know, to overcome, like to be able to run and and you know have the seizures during a during a race, and to know that they're going to come, you know, at any given time, and to be able to overcome that, it's just it's look for me, it's inspiring to be honest. You know, we complain about simple little things, and you know, just to see. Katie hopes to make people more comfortable around epilepsy, and running is her way of doing this. And it was good for me to experience that. <laughs> it really was. Have you like, seen one before? Uh, no, to be honest, I haven't. Really? No, no, no. They're no. not really nice to watch. Like, that was a very well, mild one. Yeah, the no, really, but... like, violent ones are awful to watch. Yeah, I, I've only seen one. I, I, I suppose. <laughs> I don't mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy the way, you know, I'm happy that I did experience it. Like, you know, to, to realise, it, it makes me realise how phenomenal she is, really. It makes me realise that you're just, just brilliant. You, you inspire me. It's just, <laughs> you're just fantastic. Yeah. But it's the other way around for me. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> to look back on the leaving cert now, and I think a lot of students would say this: epilepsy or no epilepsy, stress or no stress. The leaving cert itself, oh, it was such an ordeal. It was, it was so stressful. 
the education system is so messed up in so many ways. And as I said, it's just, it only fits one person. You know, the smart academic type who is able to attend school every day. But no one is the same. Like, every person's different than the next. And I just, I don't think that's fair. And I think the people who organize that need to have a look and think about that because not everyone fits into their own system um, and that still frustrates me to this day it still does I started college what it would have been last Monday and it's tiring I'm getting used to the early mornings gradually but obviously with lack of sleep during the night time it is really really difficult to get up in the morning time um, it's full on, like today is Tuesday and that is kind of fitness day for us. So it's like pool work, strength and conditioning and all that like good stuff. But it's hard, like it's full on in your face. But I'm happy in the direction I'm going, whether it was the one I planned or not, like I'm happy. So that's okay for now. And then hopefully I would like to transfer to a university and get a degree. It's the night before the race. The weather in Dublin has taken a turn for the worse. Nicola is worried. Um, we shall see. Tomorrow will be very much a yuck, windy, wet day. It could go, you know, either way for Katie. And um, We have been at races where her health has had to, unfortunately, end the race. Um, culminating in upset. That's probably my biggest worry is how upset um, it, it, it could make her. Nicola's fears about Katie not finishing are well-founded. In the past, she's been led off courses in tears when paramedics refused to let her finish. So what a wonderful sight it is here of colour. It's the morning of the race. But when you look down over Chesterfield Avenue today, it is a wonderful sight. 9,000 runners are waiting at the starting line in the driving rain. The atmosphere is a mixture of tension and good humour. Definitely about five minutes to go before we be letting you all loose. Amongst them are Katie and Colin, her neurologist. So basically we're standing on Castlewood Avenue. We're standing about 20 yards behind the uh, one hour 50 pacing balloon. <laughs> So it is, it is unfortunately raining. I, I can't remember Colin, it raining in this race before. I'm going to be in a puddle. You won't, I won't let you fall in the puddle. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, this um, is miserable. Here. No, no. No, we just put it over our heads so we start. You know, there's no point in being damp. There you go. Under. See, because I'm so small, I fit under yeah, anything. Do, yeah. <laughs> For Mum Nicola, the races are a stressful time with all the waiting and worry. I'm calmer than I was last year and uh, I'm gratefully shifting the responsibility from mum's worries to Dr Doherty's worry now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm usually really nervous um, when the marathon starts and I think once she starts heading for the line, I, I, do, I do worry until, until the finish. So I tend to pace a lot, head off, go for cigarettes and coffee and really try not to stand. After what feels like an eternity, the race gets underway. After being boxed in early on in the race, 
Katie and Colin find some space and begin to stretch their legs. So we're kind of we're boxed in here, we're going slower than I'd say we'd like, but nothing you can do. Puddles at either yeah. side of us. You would hope for, and in this sounds ridiculous, only three. There will be at least three seizures by now. And Katie will hopefully have had a warning sign, gone to the side of the road, rolled up in a ball out of people's way, which she did last year, and then had Dr Doherty, her consultant, attend to her and keep her safe. And then she will recover within the minute and get up and want to run and be able to run again. Be able to run again. So that's what you're hoping for. <laughs> Um, there are, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of factors. If it's unsafe, if she falls and doesn't have a warning sign, be in trouble in terms of how that affects the crowd around her. You know, there's potential for accidents, but generally her warning sign kicks in good and strong in these situations. Nicola is at the roadside when Katie comes past with just a couple of miles to go. Is this him? There he is. There they come! Oh, go on, guys! Woohoo! There they are. Go, Colin. Go, Katie. Woo! Well we think you're great. Woo! <laughs> Looking so fit, my daughter has just run by. I'm actually able to make a joke and throw her hands in the air. So, uh, yeah, they're looking good at 10 miles. She's looking fit. She looks like she could want to make a break for it. There's another person going in an ambulance. Jesus, they're dropping like flies. As Colin and Katie make the final push for home, Colin sees Katie move off the track. Colin! Oh dear. And fall. Ooh. Oh! Oh! So, fourth seizure. About three quarters of a mile from the end. This is the moment they fear that Katie will be stopped. Okay. As Colin attends to Katie, I'm dripping onto her there. A doctor standing by runs to the scene. She's okay. She's okay. She's having a seizure. Medical doctor. It's okay. I'm a doctor. I'm her doctor. She's having a seizure, so she she has a few during the race. She's gonna she's gonna come round now and she's gonna get up. There's no way he's gonna stop her finishing this. It's okay, I've got her, I've got her. No, no, no. No. Yeah. Okay, what's her name? Katie, she's not going to hear you yet. She's not coming around yet. Oh, there she is. There's no way he's going to stop her finishing this. It's okay, I've got her, I've got her. Do you want a jelly, your baby? No, I'm okay. I'm okay to run. Good to go. Thank you so much. No way, he's not going to stop her finishing now. Thank you. Okay, three quarters of a mile to go. You okay? Yeah. I'm definitely starting to feel it now. Yeah. Yeah, my legs. Okay, just take it easy. Yeah. Finishing is the most important thing now. How much time have we got? About three quarters of a mile. No, no, like what time? Like. 154. Katie's back on her feet and the finish line is in sight. Mile 13. Yeah. Right. Mile 13. Is it 500 metres from here? No, about 110. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, I can see the finish line. Yeah. In running long distances, you run. Oh Jesus, he's taken off. Not against the other runners. I'm trying to keep up with it now. Not against time. You run against yourself. She's streaking ahead. Yourself. Left me in the, in the wake. Not going to catch her. Ah, she stopped. 
You're waiting for me. No, you go. You go. Give it your best shot. Come on. Katie Cook. Every time she falls, she gets up. Well done. Are you alright? Yeah, my knees are so sore. I, for some reason, I can feel it on my knees. My feet aren't so bad, though.